today we want to talk about justice for the unhoused. One way that we uh, can think about justice, some people that write about justice work will uh, talk about there's two sides to it. One is relief and the other side is activism. In this case, we might think of as we're talking about uh, people experiencing homelessness, the uh, relief side is responding with compassion, with care, with immediate you know, readiness to help alleviate suffering for somebody who is suffering as a result of experiencing homelessness. On the activism side, we might talk about organizing for changing public policy because policy often forgets those who are unhoused. Those who are unhoused fall between the cracks, are sometimes even criminalized. And so we have those two sides. Today's day of action is primarily focused on the relief side of justice work, although we'll have some recommendations for you on the activism side before we're done this morning. Historically, actually, as we think about this, as we mark today, People of faith have really shown up in this department. We do want to say that this is one of those positive legacies of churches, mosques, synagogues, communities of worship, uh, that they're often out in front of society in terms of caring for those who, uh, who, who fall through the cracks in society. In, in many ways, we, we talk uh, a fair amount in our church about ways that communities of faith maybe lag behind the rest of society in those moves. But in this way in particular, this is a positive legacy of faith communities, and we want to be a part of that uh, all the same. So in the Jesus tradition, there's this really famous passage. I'm going to read it for us. It's quite a beautiful picture about the, G uh, the early Jesus communities from Acts chapter 2 in the Bible. And Acts chapter 2 is also the place in the Bible that we get this, uh, the story of what happened on Pentecost. So it's an appropriate reading for us today. Uh, let me read this for you. It's a really beautiful paragraph. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's a vision right there. Wow, that's a vision for a community that cares for each other and that is porous so others can come in and be cared for as well. And with this last word saved, I might just quickly add Luke, the, the writer of uh, the Gospel of Luke and uh, Acts, which we just read from, was not really an over-spiritualizer. And so when he used words that we translate into English saved, he He's not like, his focus is not on like going to heaven rather than hell, saved in an eternal sense. He, that, that, that's the way that evangelicals today might read a passage like this. His focus was quite literal. When he says saved, he means like rescued from trouble, rescued from suffering. Part of the reasons church exists is to stand in the gap, to provide relief, to rescue people from trouble when societies and structures fail us. So we today have a day of action. Uh, this is uh, uh, something that uh, we have a couple in our, uh, uh, in our community, a few people who have done a lot of work to uh, make happen and take an initiative to make sure that this happens today. And I wanna bring them in uh, and do a little bit of a Q&A here with them, just so we can all kind of understand what's happening today, what's on offer today, how can you participate? And uh, so let me uh, in invite to flip on their cameras and say hello, uh, Christina and Tommy Culver and Hope Madueno. Hi guys, I have a few questions for you. Hi, thanks for having us. Morning. 
Cool. So uh, let me start. Can I, I'll start with Christina. Christina, what are we doing today uh, starting at 3.30 at Wells Park? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. First, I have to answer Allison's question and say mini drumsticks and mini um, cherry lemonade what? popsicles are really big in our family. So, oh, wow. Yes. So just going to put our plug in for those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, today at 3.30, um, we are excited to be able to get together with the community today. And we have two goals. We're going to be... Um, putting together bags that we can give to anyone that we encounter experiencing um, homelessness. And we will come together today at 30. It's a masked event. And it's we really wanted to prioritize the community part. So it's not an over-engineered um, process. We just are going to come together and set everything out. And you can come for 15 minutes and put a bag together. It is today. Or you can stay for the whole hour and help set up and break down. Um, but we're just going to have stacks of everything. If you've ever come to our event before, we have just stacks of things. And we'll tell you what to put in each bag. And you can go through the line and put them in. You can take them home or you can leave them. And um, we will have those um, be being held at the church for when we come together. And you can get more of those. So that's what's happening today. It's a masked event, like I mentioned. And kids are welcome and they can participate or they can run around in the grass. Um, it'll be a pretty laid back event, but Hope and Tommy and I and Vince and Kyle will be there kind of helping to direct and help you out. Awesome, awesome, yes. So we're looking forward to that. Again, you guys can come out today, Wells Park Gazebo. Um, mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we drop like the actual address so you can Google Maps that um, in, the, in the chat before we're done. Maybe I can get Allison on that if you will. Um, but yeah, that, that's what's happening today. Um, here's here's a, uh, my next question, and I'll throw this one to Hope first. Why is this personal for you guys? Yeah, so for me, it's, um, I mean, there's kind of a lot of reasons, but one of the primary, a few of the primary reasons for, is for like, why it's personal right now is, um, I'm, I think I mentioned before, I'm a children's librarian at a public library. And so, um, you know, I just interact daily with people that are experiencing being unhoused and, you know, see the daily struggle they kind of go through and have gotten to know some of them. And so, um, that's one reason it feels really personal and really like kind of urgent. And then another reason it feels like very like current urgent is, um, so my son, I have a son and he's six and, um, I think just, um, seeing him, take in the world and interact with people and um, just seeing him forming his view of others and of like the priorities we have um, and the priorities we should have and just to his like um, sort of his openness to just doing what he can. Like, you know, I remember there's this time recently where we were like driving and we encountered someone and he was like, mommy, like, what's that, you know, what's that guy doing in the middle of the street? Like, what is, what is he, he's holding that sign, like, what does it say? He was like, what, is, what does that say over there? And I was like, what says he's hungry? And, you know, my son was just like, well, then like, let's go get him some food, you know? And I was just like, <laughs> it was just, it's just so, you know, it's obviously like a super complicated issue, but sometimes it's like, we just have to face it with like simplicity of like, yeah, like he's saying he's hungry, let's get him food, you know? And I knew I was gonna cry. I always cry. I like have the same setup for church that I have for like therapy. I'm like, I have my hot tea. I've got my water glass. I've got my big box of tissues. You know, it's just, I think, you know, and I think that's important, you know, we gotta like face this with like our genuine feelings. And I think that there's something really important about that. But 
So those are two reasons. And then there's a couple passages in scripture that have just always really spoken to me and often come to my mind um, that when I kind of been thinking about this issue or like interacting with folks that are being unhoused. And one of those is, um, I think it's James 2, I believe it's um, where uh, they're talking about like faith without action being dead. And it talks about like, interacting like with it says brothers and sisters some of them and some of them say like an old friend like you interact with an old friend who is like ragged clothes and half starved and you say like and they say well like go in peace and you know be warm and well fed and like just like walk off and I could even add like I'll pray for you and it's just and how that is like showing that like we're not like you obviously should do something like you shouldn't just be like well good luck you know um best of luck and um Another one that's always really, really struck me at the heart has been, um, oh, what is it? It's, um, I think it's part of, oh, Jesus talking to his disciples. I think it's Matthew 25. It's when he's talking about like separating the sheep from the goats. And I kind of take that to mean like shepherding people that, like people that are seeking, seeking, seeking Jesus, seeking to like follow him. And then those that are not. And it talks about, um, so like the sheep, he says to the sheep, like, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. You know, when I was in prison, you visited me. And um, when I closed, you, you know, gave me clothes in. And he and they were like, well, you know, like, what? I mean, you guys probably, most of you probably know this one, but like, you know, like, when did we do that? And then, and then he says, um, some of the translations say, like, what you did for the least of these, you did to me. And there's another translation that says what you did. I was just reading this. It's in the message version. What you did to the ignored or... Um, I'm not going to remember. It's like the ignored or overlooked, I think, or something like that. Um, you did to me. And, um, and I just, it just always really like sticks in my head that like, I want to be that because, and then also like the idea of like, you know, speaking to some, like in the times that I have, like, haven't, haven't, you know, have seen people hungry and haven't fed them and have seen people thirsty and haven't given them to drink and I'm talking to the, to the, the goats, I, I, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, and, and they're protesting, like, when do we see you? When do we see you? And he's like, whatever you didn't do, you, you know, didn't do to these, you didn't do, you know, you didn't do to me. And I think in the past, I'm, I know I'm kind of like, I'm long calling it here, but I'm almost done. <laughs> but um, um, in the past, I think sometimes I grew up in a highly religious environment, as we say at Brownlee. So um, sometimes in the past, I've kind of read that, like, oh, I have to do something like, otherwise, like, um, you know, I'm going to receive judgment from this authority figure, you know, God is going to, you know, I need to, I need to do something, you know, and I think now I just, I love putting it in the context, like recalibrating and putting it in the context of like Jesus talking to his close friends and how they're thinking about like how he, you know, how we should treat those we're closest to. And I think sometimes it's hard, you know, recalibrating and reinterpreting things is difficult. So sometimes I even like put myself, um, when I'm trying to like really feel it in a genuine way and really tap into that, um, that sort of more genuine side. I try to put it into context of like thinking of interacting with like somebody that I like deeply care for in my personal life, um, you know, and overlooking them and like thinking of like, you know, you think like your spouse or your child or like a close friend, like in that situation and you're just gonna walk past, you know, and I think there's something that's really, you know, just essential about the nature of God um, that is, you know, serving those felt needs. Hope, thank you so much for sharing. And and just the, the like, it, what's important to recognize, I think, for our community is that um, it takes initiative to make things like this happen. And as we'll talk about, I think um, 
the 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 benefit of uh, pooling together and doing something like this um, makes the the impact that can be had uh, greater. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it does take initiative, and I, you know we can see. I think you being able to access, you know, you say like, oh, I, I cry and you apologize for that. And we know that, you know, you, you know, it's okay, but also like, it's important because that is the place of initiative that, that, that things come out of. It is those places that are deeply responsive, deeply emotionally responsive to the suffering and to the plight of others. And you listen to that and you were a part of initiating, making this happen. And so we're just grateful for that. I, I think of one of my, one of my favorite quotations about why church exists uh, is uh, that it, it, uh, the the quote is if you can't bleed in a hospital where can you bleed if you can't cry in a church where can you cry and I think that's really important I think I think that is that that is a legacy that we want to carry with us so uh, Culver's if I can if I can just also punt the same to you like you guys were also part of making taking initiative to make this happen why is this personal for you guys yeah well. Um... A few reasons. Similar to Hope, we have kids. You can probably hear them in the background. Um, and and we engage or and witness people experiencing homelessness often in the city and in our community. And you know what we talk about in those moments. You know, our oldest is like, "What does that say?" You know, because she's into reading now. And and you know, we talk about it. And and we know that the problem is bigger than that exchange. But um, in that moment, we like to. Sorry, um, talk about how, you know, right now we are able to help and we would like to help because we don't know when we will need help and when we will have to ask for help. And hopefully someone will help us in those in that situation. Um, and for us, it's always um, been important to try to find um, tangible, concrete ways to help people. And for us, the warming bags are that in the moment um, you know, it, it's just something that we know that we can give them right then and it will at least help for for that small short term moment. And again, we know it's much bigger than just handing over that bag to them, but um, it's been it's been important for us to try to find, like I said, those concrete, tangible ways. Um, and it feels very human. Um, that we're looking at them as a person and, and trying to meet the, meet the needs that they have right then. So. Again, sorry. <laughs> Absolutely, the enthusiasm we're all in, in the background. The enthusiasm—it's all there for today. Uh, we um, we do a lot of intentional word choices when we talk about this event. This is not the first time that our church has hosted a, an, an experience like this, and uh, we're careful to use terms like unhoused or like someone who is experiencing homelessness rather than saying uh, a homeless person, which is more kind of used in 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 usual parlance. And I wanted to see if we could talk just a moment about intentional word choice. Uh, just hope at, at first, like what, you know, can you tell us a little bit about why that word choice is so important? Um, yeah, I mean, and I feel like somebody in this community are so like intentional and so, um, so thoughtful. So a lot of this is probably going to be things you've already thought through, but um, for, for me, I mean, I, one of the main things obviously is like, if you say a homeless person versus someone experiencing homelessness, like you're talking about like the first one's like their identity, like you're tying it to their identity where the second one is more, like that's a circumstance them to find they're finding themselves in, you know, it's speaking to their circumstance, not their identity, like the, their identity is not their homeless, you know, um, and kind of, um, kind of with that, I would say to that, I mean, when we talk about like, oh, we have a lot of homeless in our neighborhood or something, you know, versus, um, 
you know, the better terms, um, we would say, you know, I feel like that kind of points to like, it kind of feeds into viewing all these individuals as like kind of this homogenous group. Um, and I think obviously there's a huge danger in doing that for a, like any group, lots of groups, you know, um, and it's kind of, you know, we talk a lot about in this, in this church about like othering. And I think that that's one way that you kind of other, right. Um, when you kind of have this group and it's like, oh, look, these people are like this or like, this is, you know, they're all grouped together, even though circumstances and personality and, you know, every, everything about, you know, someone's individual, you know, you have to take them individual way, individual way, individual. And so I think those are two really important things, um, you know, uh, that I would say. Um, and also, I think another thing that uh, we could, I could point to too is, um, you know, maybe um, even instead of saying like they are homeless, like experiencing homelessness, it it's much, the first one's more permanent. It's more like that's what they, you know, that's where the second one is a little bit more like, this is such, 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 such it's a little bit hopeful, hopeful and like it's a circumstance that they're in right now and it can change and it, hopefully it will change, you know. Um, so those are a few. Yeah, very good. Very good. That's helpful. Uh, Culver's, I'm curious, um, why, why this approach to relief? As, as you guys have mentioned uh, uh, even a little bit of this is, this is you know, one side of this thing. There's obviously the activism side. That's the more tackling the more complicated systemic matters of why we're in this situation. But there, there's a lot to recommend this approach to relief that we're taking. Um, can you tell us more about that? Sure, yeah. So... You know, when you see someone, um, you might give them three, four, five, or six dollars, and and that can help absolutely. Um, you know, and they might go into CVS and get a drink or a snack or something, and and that and that's great. Um, and we do that too. But this approach for your six dollars, the, there's high value when you compare what you can do with this six dollars in the bag um, because we can. Fill a bag for $6. Each bag will have filled the bag for $6 and it's full of necessities. With, sorry, I know it's um, enthusiastic voices. Um, filled with all of these things that you see on the screen. So every single bag, and we're going to make about 250 bags today, will be fill, filled with all of these items. So when you come out today, like I mentioned earlier, the piles that you'll be able to go through and pick and put in, this is what we'll be doing. Um, so if you think about, you know, toothpaste can, will last for more than one use. The toothbrush will, um, the masks, the hand sanitizer, um, the, even just trying to think of like, how can we be helpful if they don't have a lot of space for their things or way to carry it? You know, there's a, there's a carabiner in there. Like I, I know personally as a mom, I'm constantly dragging things with me. So like carabiners, um, hair ties, extra Ziplocs, you know, I don't, I don't need to read the whole list. Um, unless it's helpful for people who are just listening, but you know, there's um, the, the moist towelettes for like trying to be cleaner, the band-aids, um, chapstick with SPF, flossers, alcohol wipes, healthy snacks, there's oatmeal in there, water, and hopefully the water bottle can be refilled. Socks are so important, especially with spring weather because it gets wet and that to help stay, you know, healthy, um, you know, they're walking, feet health is really important, um, sunglasses, mints, again, you know, just trying to address their needs, but also help them keep their humanity and integrity. You know, you think about like, we were talking yesterday Vince, about activism and relief, you know, if we, if we want to help these people get a step ahead, then they have to be able to enter a public space feeling good. And how can you do that if you haven't been able to brush your teeth or, um, 
you, you know, it's just like the little things that I know that I take for granted that maybe these people don't have access to. So anyway, that's a lot, a, a lot to say that this for the $6, that bag will be full of all of those items you can, and you can take one bag home or no bags home, but just know that, I mean, 250 bags, that's 250 people that will um, receive those in our community. Yeah, and you know some of the vision um, behind uh, these events is that when we come together and we're uh, packing these, uh, what we'll do is, uh, what my family likes to do is we take a bunch of the bags and then we stick them uh, behind the front seat in the car so that if we intersect with somebody who is in a position of need on our commutes or you know where we're going to the grocery store or something like that, we have something substantial that we can offer. And then the nice thing is, is we're making a lot as a church. There's, there, there, there's, there's a number per person in our church. And so what these can do is you can come back and, and refill. We're going to have these, you, all, we'll just have them all at the theater. And so as we begin to get back to meeting together in person where there's that hub, you can replenish your stock. And you can uh, then use these as an opportunity to go and to have an interaction with somebody. Uh, Hope, if I can just invite you in on this question. We talked a little bit this week about just like the, the idea of like having something that you can actually have an interaction with as a result of, even if it's a small and, you know, random one, there's something, I don't know, there's something about not avoiding the people around us. I, I wonder if you could speak to that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, I just think it, um, it kind of, uh, it, it forces us to- Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like fun being had at that household. Hey, Barbara. <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought, but um, uh, just, it sounds so fun. So I love it. Um, uh, yeah, just like, I mean, obviously I feel like, um, and I'm mean, just speak, to speak so truthfully, like obviously like we have like very like complex and sometimes challenging feelings, right? Like when interacting with others and especially um, like, I mean, just in general, like, I mean, I mean, I might feel like um, sadness. I might feel empathy. I might feel um uh, outrage at that, you know, this is the circumstance I might feel, um, I might even feel fear. Like, I mean, you know, these are the honest feelings that we might experience, um, uh, especially when interacting with like people that are unhoused and like, this is just such a, you know, like a, a huge thing. And so, um, I guess all that to say, like being able to like, just kind of face that and not avoid, not ignore, not, um, you know, to turn the other way. And it's just so, so important. And, um, I think meaningful in that, um, you know, you're just directly um, facing your, at least my own tendency to want to avoid, avoid, ignore, and not deal with those feelings, not face those feelings, not, um, you know, or, you know, to feel the guilt of like, you're not doing enough, like it's like, we're doing something, you know, and that's, it is what it is. And um, I think too, um, you know, I, I think I've spoken to others church too before, um, just that like, you know, as an actor interacting with like anyone, like in our daily lives, like sometimes this, sometimes this interactions are positive and sometimes they're negative. And, um, you know, I think that it's important to, um, like for me to just continue to be, to be open and to like reject any, anything that I feel that's like making me more closed off or more apathetic, um, any inter negative interactions I've had when maybe buying a subway gift card or buying a, you know, whatever, whatever for someone, um, you know, just to reject that and be like, keep opening and living in the world with openness and like care. 
um, I think it's just so important. And another thing I would say too, with this, um, something that Vince and I talked about briefly this week, um, is just that like, there are so, so many things to care about. You know, there's just, we're just constantly flooded with all these very important things to care about. And like, we just, I, I, you know, I just feel it on a daily basis, just like that there's just so much. And I think that, you know, being sometimes just being able to be like, this is the one thing I can care about right now. This is in happening in my neighborhood. This is happening right in front of me. This is, you know, I'm, I see this person right here and being like, I'm going to address this need right now, right here. Um, uh, there's something that's really good about that too. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, on the, um, on the other side of uh, justice work, we mentioned activism, and we do have a couple of recommendations that we want to leave everybody with um, for this morning, uh, things that you can do in your own time, uh, but sort of in tandem with this day of action, we're asking if you are comfortable to show up in person, uh, or again, if you want to come and get these bags uh, after the fact, um, this is in addition to that. And so uh, one thing that we that uh, is, is sort of personal for me, uh, as I think about uh, times that we've been together at Brownline and uh, on our Sunday services uh, years past, and we uh, have a public space. And so not infrequently, we'll, uh, we'll have somebody who's visiting who's just happy for a public space because they don't have uh, a, a home base that they can go to currently. And uh, there have been situations where we have needed uh, emergency help, where we've needed some sort of um, in, some, somebody to come in and intervene, offering something that we could not. And what I've realized is that in that moment, I remember back, what was my first instinct? My first instinct was to call the police. And one thing that is challenging about uh, that for me, as I, as I think today, is that in that situation, what is needed is not law enforcement. What is needed is somebody who is skilled in offering support, uh, in skilled in uh, being present and, and, and emotionally capable and stable in the midst of a mental health crisis. Uh, we need somebody who, is, who understands social services when it comes to the landscape uh, in our city. And what I'm longing for, what I've realized is a really important need for us as a church, but also for any of us as we might go about life just doing things in our city, is we need emergency services that are not necessarily police. And so there, if, you, if you're looking for something uh, activism-oriented that you can do today, what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to drop a couple of things in the chat here. First, we're going to drop a link to uh, a, a website that is called Alternatives to uh, Calling the Police or don'tcallthepolice.com, I believe it's called. And what this does is this, uh, we're gonna drop the Chicago link in, in your chat, but there is a link for every uh, city uh, that I could think of uh, in the States. And, uh, and so if you're coming from afar, chances are you can find uh, your local area there too. And these are uh, lists of uh, alternatives to calling the police, emergency services, people who can intervene in a moment, uh, in a crisis moment. Uh, that are not calling the police because uh, the, the, often we do not need what uh, police are, are, are meant to be providing. And so uh, what this can do is it can help with the, uh, with the criminalizing of uh, somebody who is unhoused. That just happens uh, very, very unthinkingly in our society because it's the immediate thought when we think of what is an emergency service. The second thing I'm going to drop in the chat here is a link to the Chicago Council, uh, Chicago City Council directory. And so what I'm going to encourage everybody to do who would like to is to find your alder person on this list and send an email. Before we're done with today, I'm gonna to drop an email template in our Discord uh, general uh, feed. And uh, what you can see there is just a, a very simple three paragraphs that you can send to your alder person to encourage 
uh, the development in Chicago of non-police emergency responses that in particular can help our unhoused population. The uh, the number one um, uh, ordinance that's being proposed right now is from Alderman Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez in the 33rd Ward, and the name of her ordinance is Treatment Not Trauma. And so we, uh, we're, we're highly compelled by Treatment Not Trauma. And so if that's something that feels like an actionable thing for you to email your older person today, we would highly encourage that. If you're not in Chicago, there are other uh, uh, cities uh, that have similar ordinances that are on the table, and we encourage you to research that as well. Well, as we finish up, just to kind of like remind ourselves of the details, um, Culver's, if I could just, what can we expect? Like, what are we going to see when we show up? And, and especially if we have kids, what, what should we do? Yeah, so if you show up today at Wells Park at 3.30, there's a gazebo, you know, pretty in the middle of the park. And if it's free, we will be in there. And uh, it's surrounded by a green space. There's a playground here. So um, your kids can, you know, one of you can be with your kids while one of you is doing the bags. But what you'll see are tables set up with big piles and we'll be there just directing and there'll just be a flow of how you can go through and have a big Ziploc bag and take those items that we showed you earlier and just pop them in and you can keep them or you can put them in a big box and we will house them at the Davis and it'll be masked and you can do it multiple times. Um, like I said, we're trying to prioritize the community time together. So it's not about efficiency or how fast we can get this finished. It's just, you know, let's get together but all, or to do this, but also um, get to share this time together. And so kids can be running around um, and, you, they can help, you can do it, um, and then say bye and never, but it'll be about an hour and you're welcome to stay the whole time and help set up and break down or you can just pop by and say hi and get a bag and go. Well, you guys are awesome for, again, taking the initiative to make this happen, for making sure that we're going to have things set up and then taken down and uh, and just making sure that we have the space for this. So Hope, Medueno, Tommy, and Christina Culver, we're so grateful. This is such a gift that you have allowed us to all participate in this and, uh, and, and make uh, a, a greater impact than we could if we were all just doing this on our own. So we appreciate you all. Again, you can come by for 15 minutes this afternoon, or you can come by for the whole hour. Feel free, whatever is, uh, is, is the right choice for you. We will be masked, it will be outdoors. So if that helps you to feel comfortable. And also if you don't feel comfortable, you 100% do not have to come. You can still participate in this because there'll be an ongoing impact. We will have these bags for many months to come that you can replenish at, uh, at your leisure so that we can have something to, to hand out as we intersect with folks in our space. Well, um, I, th I think we've covered anything. Allison, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing it to you just one time. Did we miss anything? Are there any details that are like unclear or are we good? I think we're good. Um, I think we're good. I dropped the address of Wells Park in there too, if you need to, to map it out, but I feel good. Nobody asked any questions. Awesome. I think we covered it all then. Thank you, everybody. Yes, there we are. 3.30 p.m. Uh, at, the, at the gazebo uh, at, uh, at Wells Park. Awesome. Uh, well, let me pray for us. Oh, yes. Oh, I did. No, I did see one question, which is an important one uh, that we do want to flag about rain because there is potential rain in the forecast. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to play this by ear. If the rain is at a point where it's going to I was about to say dampen the experience, the pun intended there. 
uh, if it's going to dampen the experience, then we will uh, we will switch to a different day to actually do this, to actually come together. Uh, but if the rain is not super threatening, we'll probably still uh, meet together because we'll be at the gazebo and there's there's overhead. So if it's just a light rain, uh, we're still going to go with it. But you can watch on Discord, you can watch on uh, your email, or you can watch on Instagram and Facebook. We'll make sure that we put out the, the, the final word um, if we're going to uh, reschedule on there. So good call. All right, with all of that thrown out there, let me pray for today, for this day of action. Let me pray for, for those that we are turning our compassion toward, those in, in Chicago and in cities around our world who are experiencing homelessness. Let's pray. God, we sang today, <clears throat> we sang we sang words that are inspired by Jesus who shows us your heart. That the beauty of you, God, is that you know suffering, that you know being stripped of dignity, that you know being forgotten and betrayed and set aside and pushed aside and scapegoated. You know all of these things and that is the beauty of you, God, that we seek to be guided from. We are not guided by a dominant, controlling, removed God who is going to single-handedly change everything. We follow a God who knows the deepest, deepest hurts of human experience. And we are called out of our little shells to live in a way affected by those around us. Not cloistered off just with our nuclear families, not cloistered off just with our individual selves, but believing that we are our brothers and our sisters keepers. And we are our brothers and our sisters keepers when it comes to those who are suffering as a result of homelessness. in the complexity of tackling that, of changing that, of moving our world to be more like your kingdom, God. Encourage us, convict us so that we can tackle those complexities, so that we can be a part of change. But in that other side that we reflected on today of just, yes, it's complex, but it's also really simple. If somebody's hungry, we ought to feed them. move through our efforts this, this day, this year, to bring relief to those suffering. Move through our efforts today. Would it be connecting for us as we are together today, all attempting to open our hearts to a larger world where we are our brothers and sisters keepers, and we take that seriously. For everyone who comes today and spends time would we experience just delightful connection with people who we like, <laughs> people in our community, people who we want to live with and be with and be convicted by, and also give us that sense of we are, we are a part of something bigger. We are not just interacting and enjoying watching our kids run around or enjoying the company of each other just for the sake of each other. We are doing something larger than even our own community and our own selves. 
We pray that you would bless this. In Jesus' name, amen.